Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 212. Success ain't easy. That's right. Success ain't easy. Whether you going after it or whether you in it and got it and trying to fight your way and navigate your way through it. Look, success is one of those things that a lot of people in life, you know, I think they chase thinking that it's going to make life just so much more breezy and better and beautiful. And don't get me wrong, that is the case that success obviously makes life um, somewhat better um, in a lot of areas. But the purpose of this podcast is to really just speak on the fact that it doesn't mean that better is easy. You feel what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times in the world today, we get the two mixed up where it's like, oh, I'm going to get better. So better is going to be easy, so on and so forth. So we're going to kick it about a lot of that today. But I got a couple things to get into before we get there. Uh, we're going to look at an article um, in entrepreneur.com or entrepreneur today, whatever. We'll give credit where credit is due when we get to that article that's going to talk about the seven challenges of success. That's that's going to be dope when we get to that part, because that's what we're going to really um, kind of unpack um, the seven challenges that you'll face if you're on the journey or path to success or if you are already are successful. I can talk, people. I can talk. So we're going to unpack those seven challenges. But I want to talk a little bit about Andre 3000. I'm going to look at um, two different articles from the same magazine, I guess, Complex. I don't know if you have like followed this or I'm not going to say follow because I haven't followed it myself, but I don't know if you've seen this Andre 3000 story uh, where my man releases uh, this album. I guess um, it sounds like he's playing the flute. I don't know. It sounds like maybe he's doing jazz or something, but it's the Internet is in an uproar. Uh, pretty much for me, I just like see people on my timeline talking about stuff and then I like it piques my interest. Um, but I don't have time to like follow it and go down no rabbit holes. But I do think there are two. Um, dynamics of this Andre 3000 um, conversation that are uh, worth unpacking. One is um, a portion of this intrigues me and I may have some like positive things uh, to say about it. And then there's another side of this where it's kind of like proceed with caution. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm just going to like uh, really lay out some things that he's saying and you know, you take it and do what you want to do with it, but it makes a person like me um, proceed with caution. Caution. So, Got Andre 3000. We got seven challenges to success. This is Inspire Guys People. Let's get into it, people. Um, What's been up? First of all, uh, let me just tell you this. It's been about three weeks, <laughs> uh, about three weeks since I've done a podcast. Uh, I've tried to keep at least the YouTube going with the short clips or whatever, but I'm going to be real with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I try my best to be... Um, transparent on my journey through faith and business um to kind of like help you you know what i'm saying give you some insight so for me what really led to this episode in the first place is the fact that like yo i'm like bro success ain't easy at all the more successful i've become if i'm being honest five years into this podcast is like the more challenging it is or becomes i can talk the more challenging it becomes to actually do the podcast you feel what i'm saying because i got so many other things going on so i'm gonna give y'all a peek behind the curtain at least with inspire guys people part of my goal is um to try to be somewhat real you know what i'm saying and not like try to just show y'all this 
like act perfect or I don't need to be put on a pedestal or inspire God's people is so great and all this stuff. Look, here's the beautiful thing. Five years, man. October 10th. It was five years that we've been doing. I be saying we. Like, maybe because it's, it's us. It's you. It's me. It's the listeners on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But we've been going five years strong, man, with Inspire God's people. And my life has changed a lot through those years. Almost every year, if I'm being honest, there's kind of a different um, level that I'm going through to in, in business and in my personal life, whatever it is, right? And some of those things have been great. Some of those things have been stressful. Some of those things have caused, um, you know, a little nervousness around like, man, how can I keep doing this podcast? And so that's really the first part of what led me to do this episode in the first place is I'm kind of going through in my life this growth through the years. And I'm like, nobody ever really taught me how to be successful. And that's one of those things that I think people throw things at you like you listen to some millionaires or gurus talk about this stuff or some, you know, billionaire business owner that, you know, like you hear all this stuff, but nobody really tells you like, well, what you do when you get there? They just tell you like how to be successful. Like, all right, you should make a million dollars. You should do real estate, invest all this stuff. But nobody really tells you how to navigate it. And I, if I'm being honest, have found that challenging in some ways in my life. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that today. So that's that. All right. That's what led us to the episode. My bad. I feel like that was kind of long. Um, so here we are. Um, I've been on vacation. Um, so me and the wifey celebrating anniversary, birthdays, all that kind of stuff, man. I'm gonna tell y'all this one story. Oh man. I don't know. Should I be telling this? It was a, a bug got in our room. You know, I mean, my wife, like, I'm not gonna say like most women, like a lot of women out there, she doesn't like bugs. And, um, we were out in the Caribbean and she found herself on the balcony and, uh, you know, um, Mr. Bug Man found himself on the balcony with her. And I'm looking like, uh, so I was in the room and, you know, she goes out there. It's it's dark. It's pitch black out there. It's, it's night, right? And she likes to go out at the water and stuff like that. Cool. Good for her. You know what I'm saying? That's why I try to take her to some water. She liked being out there and seeing that. So she out there. And then I'm like seeing her through the, you know, balcony door, kind of like losing it a little bit. And I'm like, well... I know ain't nobody done climbed up here. You know what I'm saying? I hope not. Um, so, of course, she panicking. I open the door. And uh, lo and behold, Mr. Bugman flies in the room. And so now I'm in the room. She's still out on the balcony. But she's actually going crazier that the bug is in the room than she was when the bug was on the balcony. Which makes a little bit of sense because the balcony is outside and the room is in the room. You know what I'm saying? So now... I got to fight this bug. Now I got to be Dom from Fast and Furious. You know, every man has been through this. If you married, at some point in your marriage, you've had to turn into Dom. You've had to embrace and become the superhero from the movie. And that was me uh, on this vacation, day one of, of the vacation at that. And uh, I'm fighting this, like this giant, the, the bug was huge. I don't know what it was. You know, when you get the traveling to other countries and stuff, you don't, you get to seeing stuff that's like, bro, Where'd you, where are the regular mosquitoes at? You know what I'm saying? Like, this thing was like a, it looked like a dinosaur grasshopper. That's what I'm going to call it. It was like, it looked like it was supposed to be a grasshopper and maybe like got some of the, the hawk, uh, the gamma rays or something from the, from the hawk got in that joint. It was huge and it wasn't dying when I was hitting it, fam. Uh, so I'm going to just be real. I'm going to be real with you. I was trying to kill this bug. 
and I'm hitting the joint and it's like, it's not done. Then I got it on the ground and I put my foot foot on it and I'm like, it's still alive. So I had to dig in, I had to crunch it up. And then I had to take the bug, wrap it up and and like, I'm, I couldn't, she wouldn't let me put it in a trash can in the room, even though it's like all the way dead. She like, take that out there. So now I'm out in the hallways and it's people, they looking like, why my man got this in his hand? It was, it was bad. I had, I had to, and I couldn't find a trash can. So anyway, that was the bug in the room. It, it got rough on vacation with the bug in the room, but that was day one. Um, from there, it was smooth sailing. We, we had a good vacation. Um, so that's part of the reason I haven't done a podcast in a while. And then, uh, there's a lot going on at work. Um, good stuff, you know what I'm saying? In my professional career, for those of y'all who, uh, rock with me and know that I've been, you know, I've been climbing a corporate ladder for, for some years at a fortune 50, 60, whatever you want to call it. One of the top 100 companies in the world. And, um, been there for a while and, you know, some new opportunities and things that I can't talk about are developing and all this kind of stuff. Um, let me not even get into that at all. That's not public knowledge yet. You know, internally it's out there. So, um, but not public knowledge, but some things, some things brewing, some, uh, some stuff that I'll, I guess I might talk about a little bit, um, at some point in the future, but yeah, so I got a lot going on. It's been a lot of good stuff. We reached over a thousand subscribers on YouTube for inspire guys, people. So that's, what's been up with me, fam. You know what I'm saying? Um, a thousand subscribers was, um, you know, it was one of my initial goals with building out this YouTube and the video because, look, if I'm being real, we did four years uh, where we were an audio-only podcast. We have listeners all across the world in about 23, 24 countries that listen to the show every week. And then last year, I made this pivot to try to, like, introduce video and then start prioritizing video, which is strategically, you know, a different approach and a challenge. And um, a thousand subscribers was like my baseline. I'm like, all right, I need to get a thousand subscribers and I'm going to allow myself to do at least a thousand videos before I even allow myself to quit. I think we have 600 videos. So I got 400 videos uh, before I can even um, entertain the, the idea of quitting or moving on to something else. So this has been challenging, pivoting and changing and my life has been changing. And so that's what leads me to today's topic of success ain't easy. And really my goal again is to try to share some of the things I've learned along my journey and I'm continuing to learn, right? Like I'm still on my journey on the path and my strategy and, you know, um, what I consider success. I think it's important to know what you think success is because, and we're going to talk about that a little bit with Andre 3000 because you can't let other people define what success is for you. Uh, for me, it's rooted in the Bible first foundational and like what I believe God wants me to do, um, my purpose and the things he's blessed me with the people around me. Um, and you know, me and my wife being on the same page and continuing to sharpen that, you know, become better in all these areas in life. And there are things that, you know, represent success for me. And I've been on that path and I'm going to be, I'm just being all the way real with y'all. The thing with me is I, I know, let me say this. Let me look at these comments first. What up, Rodney? How you feeling fam? Thank you for watching. Appreciate you. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trying to, trying to, trying to hear from the Lord, man. And, uh, God is blessing. Let me be all the way real before I get into today's topic. Like, you know, when it comes to success for me, this is how I, this is just how I look at life. Like I'm a fairly private person. I like to be low key. I always tell people my strategy is public. My lifestyle, my life is private. My strategy is public, whatever. It's like, 
I'm not really on social media to talk about every little thing I did and every day. It's good stuff, it's bad stuff, it's challenges, it's, it's wins, it's losses that, you know, I don't, social media is just not my public platform. I, I would never walk in the middle of a mall and be like, hey, this is what happened to me today. And it's like, bro, like, you know, I'm sure people be like, okay, like, congratulations. Congratulations to you, buddy. Um, but for me, it's more about sharing the things that I think are valuable and I want to share, I've tried to share the things as they've happened. That's the value of listening to Inspire Guys. People is like you getting this stuff in real time from a person that's walking this path. Not from a person that's like, oh, become a multi, a hundred million dollars and all this money and all a million followers on YouTube. And then you kind of like, and then I'm telling you, this is all you got to do to do it. And you like, well, to you, it just seemed like it happened overnight. But for y'all going through this journey with me through this podcast, you can see where I had 50 subscribers when I just started YouTube or 100 and you can see where I was excited when I got to 250 subscribers and you see now where I got excited because I got to a thousand subscribers or the you know most of the videos do a couple hundred or you know the good ones do over a thousand the bad ones only do 50 you know what I'm saying 30 I got some videos with 30 views so it's like all these ups and downs in life and I'm not here to try to paint this picture that success is just this you know one size fits all beautiful thing in life. But the reason it's important for you to define what success is because the one thing about success is that it's not what people think. And I know that this is something people struggle with because I made this post on Facebook um, this week about like we're oversharers, like we're in this oversharing society. And what happens is we start believing that our life is only what other people see. So it's like we feel like we got to record every moment or document every moment or it didn't happen. It's like, no, bro, like I could, I could win an award at work, never post it. And it happened. And you could think that I ain't won nothing. You could think I'm a loser. You could be like, what? This guy only got 500 followers. Oh, he's uh, this, this, why would I listen to him? And that's part of life. That's cool. You don't, you don't need validation to be successful. So that that's, this is me talking like before we even jump into the content of the today's show, I'm just trying to give you some, you know what I'm saying, some thoughts behind the scenes, but I probably talk too much. So uh, let's jump into it. Rodney say, keep doing what God's positions you to do. Appreciate it, fam. Amen. Keep sharing. Will do. Thank you for listening, watching, and showing love. All right. So, man, this Andre 3000 thing has been interesting to me. So we're going to jump into, uh, first of all, let me share the uh, scripture of the day. I shared this in a, a, a short video on YouTube today. If you haven't seen it on Inspire Guys People, subscribe to Inspire Guys People on YouTube. Like and subscribe you know, share this video, all that good stuff. That's how we can continue to grow. Uh, but today's uh, scripture of the day comes from Proverbs chapter four, verses 14 and 15. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it says this, don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. Yo, Listen to that. The Bible, the Bible says, this is wisdom in Proverbs saying, don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Now, we're talking about success. This, this scripture is very important because as it relates to, the, uh, to success, I can talk, you're going to see a lot of wicked people be successful. And in this life, you're going to have to try to determine like what is, what is success to me? versus what success in the world 
and how what can I learn? So like you can learn things from successful people in the world, right? People don't have to believe what you believe for you to learn something from their path to success. But at the same time, as a believer, there are going to be times that you're going to have to navigate and filter through like, oh, no, I don't want to copy their success or mirror their success in a particular way because they may have had to do ungodly things to get that success or ungodly things to keep that success. And so not all success is created equal. Not all success is created equal. Um, there's a path that God wants you on then he doesn't want you just following the path of the world. You can find that in so many scriptures in the Bible. I'm not even going to get started, but that's a foundational piece to success. And also as a Christian, part of the reason that success isn't easy is because you can't just do everything that the world does. What do I mean by that? Like if I have a podcast, I can inspire God's people, right? I can look at some people in the world and say, oh, I see how they doing it. They gossiping about whatever. Um, they talking about sex, money, drugs, and they're kind of having these polarizing discussions that are really messy in my personal opinion and don't actually produce any good fruit. They don't get anyone anywhere. It doesn't get anyone out of poverty. It really is just entertaining. And there are people that do that on podcasts and they get millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers, right? And so as a believer, I'll have to sit back and say, yo, uh, I would love to continue to grow my podcast, but I have some boundaries and some standards that I'm going to adhere to regardless. And it's not going to be about trying to get the most people to listen or talk about the craziest thing. If the craziest thing or the way to get the most people to listen is something that's outside of my personal values. So that's one of the ways that when I talk about success ain't easy, then it becomes how can I really um, build this podcast brick by brick from the ground up? in a way that I can feel comfortable with 10 years from now, five years from now, right? I don't have to have regrets or feel like, yeah, well, I monetized the show and I made some bread, but we kind of talked about a bunch of trash and maybe messed up somebody's relationship along the way because we got them thinking stupid about their relationship. So for me, it ain't about that, right? Um, success just represents something totally different. All right, let's keep it moving from there. Um, all right, we did the scripture of the day. Now let's um let's get into this Andre 3000 the first uh the first uh let's see the first article. All right, I'm gonna share my screen real quick and we going we going to kick it on this cuz I think this is uh interesting. I'm gonna try to start with the first one that is uh let's see why he's not really All right, yeah. So the first one is this is more the positive side of it for me. Uh this is in uh on complex.com in their music session section by Joe Price. So, um, and this is from November 16th, right? So this is just a couple days ago. Andre 3000 jokingly questions what he would rap about at 48. I got to go get a colonoscopy, right? So Andre 3000, if you don't know, uh, from Outkast, um, and then I guess he's done some solo work. And all honestly, I don't really follow these artists and, and all that, so I don't know a whole lot. I haven't heard none of his music since like So Fresh and So Clean. Um, but I guess people love him. He's always somebody, when you talk about the top lyricists, he's always somebody that's thrown out there. I wouldn't know that from a personal perspective, but, um, I guess he can rap really, really good. You know, again, for me, the performances and stuff from when I was in like younger in college and, you know, just getting out of college and so fresh, so clean, all that kind of stuff. That's what I remember. But, um, let's get into it. In this interview, um, he talked about this releasing this long awaited, 
uh, debut solo album, right? Oh, so this is his, his man, his solo album, debut? Uh, I didn't know that. Um, and so he says, let's see, right here, he says, the opening track of the album is entitled, I Swear I Really Wanted to Make a Rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. That's the title of the song? Okay, buddy. <laughs> All right. All right, that's the title of the song. Okay, no problem. I re I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. Is that I mean, maybe I swear I really want to make the rap album is it. But anyway, um he insisted he did try to record a rap record, but it just didn't work out. Uh he goes on to talk about how he worked with some of the newest and freshest and youngest producers. He get all the beats. Um let's see what else he says. Um, people think, oh, oh man, people think I'm just sitting on raps and he's holding them hostage. He says right here, I ain't got no raps like that. It actually feels, sometimes it feels inauthentic for me to rap because I don't have anything to talk about in that way. And then he goes, Andre goes out here and says, I'm 48 years old. And not to say that age is the thing that dictates what you rap about, but, but in a way it does, he continued and things that happen in my life what are you talking about? I got to go get a colonoscopy. <laughs> My eyesight is going bad. Uh, so that is, let, let me let me go back. All right, so we're going to take, let's, let's kick in about this, right? So uh, this is Andre 3000 kind of explaining why um, I guess he's releasing his, his solo. He's a rapper. His solo album doesn't have words. This is hilarious to me on uh, several levels, but let's talk about it. Again, I got another article um, or at least another piece of this interview that we're going to look at next. That's going to be the other side of this. So hold on for that. Right. But let me first deal with maybe the positive side of like, if I'm being real with you, I kind of feel where he coming from. Right. Like I'm I'm just going to keep it extra crispy. I kind of feel where Andre 3000 is coming from. You know, I'm younger than him uh, by far, but he's saying he's 48 years old. And I'm just thinking off a of principle and the concept of like, you know, he been rapping for what, 20, 25 years, probably. So let's just say if he was rapping since he was 28 years old, um, at 28 years old and so fresh, so clean and outcast. And I can't think of none of the other songs, uh, whatever it is, but you know, he, I remember him being this fun, just kind of partying, kind of weird dude, like, um, eccentric as ever. And so, all right, essentially, obviously in life, you grow up, you grow older. It's no more, chains and parties and and so people they don't it's like all right if that's what everybody wants because remember in the secular world of music really in the music industry it don't matter what genre gospel i'm saying secular just as the industry if you are an artist in the industry at the end of the day the fan the audience you're kind of a slave to that um the companies need you to produce sales and so you have to do what people want, right? So you have to find a way to make people like what you're saying. You're not really just rapping about what you want to rap about, right? So I would imagine that could be tough, especially when you have a fan base like him. And sometimes fans, um, they kind of treat the artist like a slave, if we being honest, right? You are a slave to your fans, meaning they have something they want from you and they want you to do it in the way that they want it to be done. And so now it ain't even just about like, yo, I'm an artist and I want to express myself or I've grown, I've evolved, and I've changed. People are holding you hostage to who you used to be. 
Woo, there's a lot of word in what I'm kicking. I'm like, I'm really giving y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm giving y'all the juice right now. People want to hold you hostage for who you used to be. I can talk. Let me try to say it one more time. People want to hold you hostage for who you used to be. So it's like their expectation is based on who you were. And so they like, bro, give me the Andre 3000 from before. And he feeling like, man, I done went in there and I didn't try to do that and I can't do it. If I'm being real, I kind of feel that. Um, I used to drop music every year. I dropped at least one song, a couple songs, an album, an EP every year for over 10 years straight. In the last two or three years, I haven't dropped nothing. And it's like, if I'm being honest, it's because like, I don't, I can't find a way. How can I say? For me, it's like, I can't find a way that I believe is relatable to say the things I want to say. And so it's hard to keep rapping when you outgrow the listener. And so it's like, how do I like package something that, People don't want now, now. Let me let me validate what I'm saying from my personal experience, so it don't sound like I'm taking a shot. And like, obviously, I am a underground, nobody knows me artist. I'm not comparing myself to no you know famous artists or nothing like that. But what I'm saying is like, my last project I put out, um, one of the last ones was 2020, and it was in May of 2020, believe it or not. And that was just the date I had planned. It was called "To Whom It May Inspire." And it was these four to five songs about, um, you know, this, like, to whom it may inspire, like, to whom it may concern. Like, I'm I'm writing a letter to people who ever wants to be inspired. And I remember that that project came out um, just so happened to be the same week of the George Floyd situation. I did not plan that. And that was probably my least, like, nobody, I got almost no messages, not literally, but very little messages, very little love. It was like the world exploded and became triggered by race and all this stuff. And the stuff I was talking about didn't matter to people. It was like, don't nobody want to hear you talk about being inspired and following your purpose in God and being united by faith when the whole world is telling them, let's fight each other, let's protest, let's you know, like it's just politically charged. You got the Republicans over here, the Democrats over here. And so we live in such a society where people have now been conditioned um, to kind of communicate um, in this almost like civil rights type tone. And if you're not talking like that um, on either side, if you're not like really like barking at people, like people don't want to hear it. So I saw a lot of people get, you know, a lot of the music started reflecting the world, right? Like in the videos and stuff, you'll have the protests and all those things. And I ain't taking a shot at nobody or nothing. I'm just saying like, for me, that's not like my communication style. So it's like, oh, okay, like people ain't really trying to hear that. And then here's the other part. Uh, I would imagine Andre 3000. I don't know him. I don't know nothing about his life. Um, but we talking about success ain't easy. Once you're successful and you don't have to do something, it's very challenging to, to toe that line of like, this is what people want me to do. I don't really got to do that no more. 
And so what I'm saying is like, I'm sure there was a point in Andre 3000's career where, you know, whether he had a record deal or was hungry and trying to make money and, or trying to be famous, whatever his goal was, whatever success represented to him, he reached some level of success. I don't know if he still has it or whatever, but he obtained something. And it's like, I'm sure at some point he wanted to be the biggest artist or they wanted to be the biggest group or have a platinum album or there was something that was like pushing him. And one of the challenges when you become successful is now like that thing has been accomplished. And now it's like, oh, like, I don't really got to rap to like, like, so for me, it's like, I ain't trying to be famous rapping. It's really just my art and things I like. And as I grow, it's weird. I want to rap though. Like I do. I actually want to rap. I, I got a song that I'm working on now that I, I might want to do, but I don't know. It's not the same. Like the, the, the place I'm at in life, like music isn't a driving force for me. Like I love business. I probably love business the way I used to love music. And so whether it be building this podcast and talking about business in this way or working in corporate America and being a leader and kind of strategizing through business that way, um, that's really what I love. Right. And so sometimes in life, you just outgrow what you used to be. You feel me? What up, Taisha? Says people want to hold you. Yes. to who you used to be. You feel me? And so at the end of the day, um, when Andre 3000 says, oh, I, I want to say this, too, about Andre 3000, though. Also kind of this is where I disagree with what he's saying about, like, he don't know how to talk about where he's at, like. And this is going to sound hypocritical because I just kind of said similar to the same thing. But this is where I challenge myself too. like, bro, you just have to like. You have to just talk about it as you and not think about what other people want to hear or what they used to hearing or whether or not people going to be able to relate to it. But I think there's a struggle as an artist where you're struggling between creating the art that's within you but delivering it in the way that people can digest it and understand it. And I do think that's a balance because as an artist, as a creator with anything, you, you want to share it with people. So they play a part. The listener plays a part in you creating music, but you also want to, you want to be free to experiment. I create experimental music all the time, but again, there's very little risk because nobody knows me like that as an artist. I'm an underground artist, so I have freedom to just like create whatever. A lot of my songs are created that way. If you go listen, just look up J. Will Music. A lot of my music is, it's experimental. Think songs like I Would Go. Like um, I got a lot of songs like Purpose in the Wild. They're not traditional hip hop beats. They're not traditional like um, my cadence isn't traditional. I'm not trying to spaz out on everything. It's more message focused. So again, I think there's a lot of interesting things that Andre 3000 talked about. And now I want to talk about, I want to look at another article that Andre 3000, um, an interview that he had, I think it's the same interview, just a different part where he's talking about this album. And I think this is like, uh, like proceed with caution in my mind, like, and you could do with it what you will. I'm going to just kind of share the information, but it's kind of, mm, it's kind of, mm, kind of interesting, <laughs> like, kind of interesting stuff you talking about so let's let's get into that uh let me share my screen all right so peep this fam all right this is on complex.com as well let me take a sip of my drink all right andre 3000 says he turned into a panther 
Uh, where the headline go, fam? He uh, he turned into a panther while tripping to Ayahuasca. I don't even know how to say that, fam. I ain't never been there. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Detroit, fam. I don't know what that place is. Um, he added the experience directly inspired one of the songs on his new solo album. All right. Okay. All right. This is an interesting story here. All right. Um, ahead of the release of his flute only solo album. I'm sorry. It's just, for me, it's hilarious. Um, look, man, create the music that's true to you. I, I can respect that. Um, this part though causes a little concern. I haven't heard this album. I have no desire to listen to it. This isn't about that. Um, I'm, I'm not about to listen to a flute album, but again, I wasn't listening to, um, his music before then. Nothing against him. Just not like, I'm not a big music person, you know, like most people, like I don't listen to a lot of music. So, um, Andre 3000 opened up, um, about this trip in Hawaii. Let's just call it Hawaii. Okay. Ayahuasca, Hashka. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm pff, clearly, I ain't never been there. Um, directly influenced one of his new songs. All right. So in the interview with Rodney Carmichael, it was suggested to him that the song title that night in Hawaii, where I turned into a Panther and started making these low register purring tones that couldn't control S was wild. Okay. Oh, I, uh, what? Oh. <laughs> I can talk. That must be a drug or something, fam. A hallucinator or something. Okay. Oh, no. I'm so funny to myself right now. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> the outcast rapper and actor said it's because exactly what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Oh, so it's a drug. He took He took this drug. I was actually in Hawaii, and it was my second night or the first time I'd ever taken this drug. We did it like a three-night kind of phase. Okay. The first night was inviting and beautiful in the most powerful love and connection with all things I've ever felt in my life. The second night was different, and everybody knows that Aya will do that to you in that way. Okay. All right. Um, the second night, my stomach was hurting. My mouth contorted like a panther, and I actually turned into a panther. And I was doing like the grrr, like that kind of thing. Okay. All right. Um, he goes on to say, I actually turned into a panther. It was doing this thing called toning. Toning is another way of purging. And purging is where you make these vibrational noises that you can't control. It started playing me like an instrument. It continued. I started as a panther. And then it would make me do these long kind of tones. All right then. Okay, I'm going to stop sharing. Um, so let's talk about this. Andre 3000 says that he turned into a panther after doing some drug. What is that? Hold on. I need to. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't do drugs. So I don't really know what. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Let me see. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Okay. A plant-based psychedelic. Psychedelics affects, affects the scent. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, Andre 3000 um, does this uh, plant-based psychedelic and says that he turned into a panther, literally. So, these are his words, not mine. I'm just real. be real. As a believer, um, kind of weirds me out, all right? Weirds me out enough that I don't need to hear the flute, the piano, Anything else that you're playing, buddy, you can keep that away from me. Why? I'm going to make it as simple as possible. In the Bible, there was a time where Saul was being tormented by evil spirits and David came to play the harp 
the anointed musician, right? David came to play the harp, harp for the spirits that were tormenting Saul. And when he played it, um, Saul actually began to be delivered, right? So I'm one of those people that do believe in the power of music and that it's not just useless, right? Music moves more people than arguably anything in the world. You feel what I'm saying? Which is like this whole topic is about this artist who won't rap and people are moved and mad and upset. So we having this conversation. So um, to tell me that music means nothing, I just can't do that. And especially like, okay, now you've taken something multiple nights, three nights in a row, and it's turning you into something. Okay, to me, it sounds like a Marvel movie. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you, right? So um, if a person tells me I took something that turned me into an animal and then I went and made an, like a, a, a album off of it, and I can't, I'm not even rapping. Like I'm now I'm like, bro, you could turn into a panther, but you can't rap. Like, see, this is where it just goes all the way left for me. So at the end of the day, for me, this is where I'm like, yeah, I'm good on this one, buddy. So y'all can have the flute album and the soothing sounds from the psychedelic drug that turned homie into a panther. These are his words, not mine. Music is very powerful. What up, Shantae? How you doing, sister? So when my man is saying that he turned into a panther, again, his words, not my, we got to look at it again. I, I think it's worth, like, maybe I should even look a little deeper into, uh, oh, I went away. Hold on. Oh, yeah, no, here we go. Like, my man, this is like, look, he says it. He says he turned into a panther and literally said I was doing the grrr kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, um, for me now, now I'm, now I'm being concerned <laughs> now, now I'm transitioning into pure concern. Not like, look, you're an adult. You got to do what's right for yourself. You got to make your own decision. I'm not here to make decisions for people. That's not what this show is about. But what I can tell you is that I do think we should take warnings from people when they are telling us, because like, if I'm being real, I grew up, th this is the difference between how I grew up in the social media era. When I grew up, everything was taboo. People didn't really say stuff. You used to hear stuff like, uh, really the Illuminati or something. We used to hear weird stuff like that. Like, yeah, such and such as this, or celebrities do weird stuff. You kind of hear about it and don't nobody ever say it, right? They come on TV cameras, they smile. You don't know nothing about it. And people used to just be like, man, whatever. I'm going to keep listening because that ain't real, bro. Like, oh, y'all making stuff up, right? Cool. I'm cool with that because there was an element of like, bro, like it, it is hard to believe, right? If I would have told you this and he didn't say it himself, you would have thought I was out of my mind. But for me now, it's like, okay, this isn't no conspiracy. This isn't no hate. I, don't, I have nothing. Like, I'm just reading the article. My man says he took this stuff and turned into a panther and then gave y'all a flute album. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just on the sideline. <laughs> I'm just on the sideline. This is an observation on the outside looking in. It seems like something is a little different here, right? It, if I've been rapping for 20 years, then tell you I turned into a panther and then gave you a flute album influenced partially by this panther. Uh, I don't ever have to hear this album. As a matter of fact, I don't want to hear this album. 
You get what I'm saying? Because to me, music is powerful. I don't need none of the Panther. I I'm good on that. So that's my perspective on the Andre 3000. Look, on one hand, I feel it. I understand. Like, bro, you're 48 years old. Uh, you don't want to rap? Just rap. I was with him until he turned into the Panther. Like, to me, if it was just like, yo, I just want to play the flute. And I'm like, yo, like, let my man play the flute. If you don't like it, move to the next one. Like, and that's, I'm being real. Like, that's what that's about to me. But then once you say, I turned into a Panther, grrr. I'm done. That's when the interview's over with me. I'm out of here. Turn that track off because I don't want to turn into what you turned into, buddy. And I don't want, like, maybe you lost your ability. I'm just being honest. This sounds literally like this should be in a Spider-Man multiverse movie or something. It's like, okay, so he turned into a panther and then he lost his rap powers. He can't rap. He don't. It's not because you're 48 years old. It's because you are now a panther. This is crazy. So, all right, so I'm done with that. Very, very concerning situation for me. Uh, y'all can have that one. A lot of times on stuff, I sit on the sideline. I'm like, mm, y'all can have that, bro. I, I will say this, right? In all seriousness, when it comes to celebrities, man, we have to stop putting these people on a pedestal. They're regular people, right? And I think we follow celebrities like they're superhuman or something. They're regular people who's seem to get involved in some very tricky stuff. Like, he said he turned into a panther. Um, KV Banks, what up, bro? <laughs> I'm good on the new Black Panther. There would be no challenge. Listen, bro. Listen. Wakan, don't. I am straight on that, bro. You ain't lying like this. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear it at all. And then as believers, we got to think about it like this. We be in church and praise and worship and we be like, the anointing, the music is so powerful. And look, if music is so powerful in a good way, then it's probably powerful in a bad way. I'm going to give you the most simple example ever. If you see me with a hammer, hammering a nail, and you're like, man, that hammer looks powerful. Great. Well, put your finger under there. The same way it's powerful to do something good, that hammer is powerful to do something bad. That's how I look at music. Um, not really a controversy to me, nothing too deep. It's just my man said he turned into a panther. <sighs> I'm out of here, buddy. All right. Well, con don't. Um, so let's uh let's look at these seven challenges to success, right? Today, uh episode is entitled Um Success Ain't Easy. And uh, one of the things I really want to kick it about and give people is like if you're on this path and this journey and you're trying to be successful, let me level set a couple of things first and foremost. If you're new to this show or my content, then you got to understand that success to me isn't what's success to the world. I'm going to give you the most normal example. Um, I was listening to this millionaire. Um, this video is from like a year and a half ago. This is a multimillionaire. He owns all this real estate and invests in all these things. And the guy was saying, he was like, man, when I made my first million dollars, my car only cost $500. He says, today, um, I have, you know, a real estate portfolio and, you know, millions of dollars. But because I'm investing and I'm doing these other things, my shoes, if, if my shoes get a hole in the bottom in the sole, I just wrap tape around them. So my point is this. 
Um, a lot of times, um, I grew up, I'm going to speak about myself because I don't know you. Uh, a lot of times, like in, in the culture I grew up in, we view success as whatever you could show me, right? So whatever you saw on people, like the people who drove through in a new car, when I grew up in my neighborhood, that was the dope dealers. They had the new cars. I remember the first time I saw a Ford Explorer, Ford Expedition, like any new car that came out, the neighborhood drug dealers had them and it was impressive, right? And so that's how we grew up culturally, where it's like, yo, when people get money, they show you stuff. And then I got older and I started studying millionaires and successful people. And the most interesting thing to me is that the level-headed, real millionaires, real successful people, not somebody who got a couple thousand dollars and put it on Instagram, not somebody who got a... um you know, a tax refund check and, and want to go buy some Gucci bags with it. I'm talking about people who have millions. These people don't wear their money. They don't try to do things to convince you that they have money because the reality of it is whether you think they have money or not, they have money. And on the flip side, even if you're broke and people think you have money, you don't have money. Now, money is just the example in this. Money isn't all success. We're not just only talking about money, right? But I want to give something to you that you can actually relate to. So let's check out this article um, about, you know, the seven challenges that will make you more successful. All right. So let me make sure I'm showing up right. Cool. Uh, this is on entrepreneur.com. This article is actually from Valentine's Day 2017. Now, if you know me, you know a lot of times I like to find old articles because I like to find things that have stood the test of time. And sometimes in real time, people have political agendas or different things, reasons that they're talking about stuff. So I really like to go before 2020 a lot of times when I'm getting articles and resources because I want to hear how people were talking before the world drastically changed, right? So this is by Travis Bradbury. We're going to look in depth in this. And he says, Exp opinions expressed. Oh, okay. That ain't what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, maintaining the success mindset isn't easy. So this is seven challenges that will make you more successful. So let's dig into it, right? We're going to just glance at some of these. The first one is age. All right. So in here it says age really is just a number. Successful people don't let their age define who they are and what they're capable of. All right. I got to pause real quick. Now, as we talking about Andre 3000 and his whole like excuse for not rapping is based around being 48 years old. Cool. Good for Andre. This ain't a shot at him. But ironically, the very first thing in this article is one of the challenges of success is that you need to eliminate your age from how you are viewing what success is. Now, I want you to ask yourself, why is this important? Why is it important for me to eliminate my age? Because age does something really weird, okay? Um, if, I, if I throw out the age 16, all right, what are you supposed to do by the time you're 16 years old? Take a second to think about that. Share a comment, if you will. Like, what are you supposed to be? Like, if you're 16 years old, what should you be doing by now, right? Again, if you're 18 years old, what should you be doing by now? If you're 21 years old, what can you be doing by now? Now, I'm gonna give you a couple examples, right? 16 years old, you probably should be driving in most states, right? That's the, at least in Michigan, that was the age where you can get your license. So you turn 16 and it's all about getting your license, right? You turn 18, it's all about graduating high school, right? You should be graduating high school at 18 years old. At 21, you can drink, right? You can drink alcohol now, you can. So my point with age, age does this weird thing where it almost sets these standards for you that sometimes you can meet 
and sometimes you can't. But the problem becomes the longer you live life, the more that that idea is kind of blurred of like, where should you be at 35? Where should you be at 33? What about 43? Where should you be in life, right? And oh my God, you're 65. Where it's all over. You should these these are the things in life and that age, if you don't, if you don't get control of your age, your age will just mess you up because in most cases, when you're young, you feel like you have forever. So you're gonna waste a lot of time, not realizing you could have gotten ahead. And then the older you get, the further you feel behind, right? Because you're looking like, well, man, I'm 38 and these 34 years old, he's 34 and he own a million dollar business. Dang, I'm behind. So the first thing that successful people do is they overcome age. Age is not your enemy, right? It is not something that is here to tell you that if you are at this point and you haven't done this, that you can't do it. You can be successful regardless of how old you are, regardless of how young you are. You can be successful. Okay, so that's age. Like, let's let's not make our age an excuse. Let's go back to the article and look at the next uh, challenge. That was challenge number one. All right. What else? Negativity. All right. Life won't always go the way you want it, but it but when it comes down to it, you have the same 24 hours in a day as everyone else does. Successful people make their time count. Instead of complaining about how things could have been or should have been, they reflect on everything that they have to be grateful for. Then they find the best solution available, tackle the problem and move on. All right, this, look, I'm just being real with y'all. This is one of the biggest difference between successful people and unsuccessful people that I notice, and it's their mindset. And it's it's the fact that a lot of times people who are not successful, they're just super negative about everything. And it's this is what I've learned in life. Whether you are successful or not, life is life, right? That means life brings challenges brings health challenges, family challenges. There's things like the pandemic that affected us no matter what. Things like 9-11 affect you no matter whether you have money or not. So a lot of times people who are not successful like to, like to create excuses to make themselves comfortable. And they you can kind of take on a super negative kind of approach to everything. It's like, yeah, why you ain't do this? Well, man, uh, I'm this. I'm a, I ain't even going to make up examples because somebody might feel like I'm talking about them but it's like it's always a mountain that you're you're creating this this mountain and successful people do the opposite they have problems they have a lot of problems because success ain't easy but what they do is they focus more on the solution than the problem and that is the biggest difference a person who isn't successful and having problems finding success spends most of their time looking at the problem and what happens when you look at something? It's like you're glamorizing it. You're making it a Goliath. The problem gets bigger and bigger the longer you look at it. But what about the solution? If you focus on the solution, then the solution begins to outgrow the problem. And then the beautiful thing about the solution, it's literally the answer to how you overcome the thing that you're complaining about. And if you keep complaining about it, it will never cease to exist. So that's the crazy thing about being a complainer is like, bro, the longer you complain about it, the longer you're going to be dealing with it. So that was the second one. Let's keep it moving. 
Keep it moving. Let's go to the next challenge. All right. Number three, toxic people. Woo. Woo. Toxic people, man. This one right here is like, uh. All right. Successful people believe in a simple notion. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Just think about it. Some of the most successful companies in recent history were founded by brilliant pairs. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak of Apple lived in the same neighborhood. Bill Gates and Paul Allen of Microsoft met in prep school. Sergey Brin and Larry Page of Google met at Stanford. Just as great people help you reach your full potential, listen to this, toxic people drag you right down with them. Whether it's negativity, cruelty, the victim syndrome, or just plain craziness, like turning into a panther, toxic people create stress and strife that should be avoided at all costs. If you're unhappy with where you are in life, just take a look around. More often than not, the people you've surrounded yourself with are the root of your problems. You'll never reach your peak until you surround yourself with the right people. Oh, man, I know this, this is a tough one, right? When you think about the people around you, it's tough. I'm going to tell you why. The reality of it is the more you grow in life, like the, the more different you become from people you once knew. Because we don't all grow at the same pace and we don't all even desire, desire to grow in the same way. So if me and you met in the same neighborhood when we were in middle school, right? And we grew up in middle school together. And it's like the thing we had in common was that we were in the same neighborhood and we had the same class. Well, the older we get in life, we gravitate towards different hobbies, desires, ambitions, motivations. So let's say if I, the older I got, wanted to fight and wanted to steal cars or do like commit these crimes. And you were like, man, I'm more focused on Wall Street. I, my dream is to make it to Wall Street um, to be a financial advisor or whatever. I don't know, like whatever on Wall Street to be a, a trader. I want to be a stock trader on Wall Street, right? And that was your life's goal. Well, the closer you get to your goal as a trader and the closer I get to my goal as a thief, the more different our lives become and the gap widens, widens between us. And so then we find ourselves in a place where a decision has to be made. And it's like, it ain't that you don't love me no more, but it's that like, yo, I have this goal that I'm going after in life. And the problem is, I can't get to Wall Street from Y'all Street. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And so it's like, I'm trying to go to Wall Street, y'all on Y'all Street. And it's like, all right, over here, I might get killed. You know what I'm saying? Over here, I might get caught up in a case or something um, that can send me to jail hanging around y'all and prevent me from reaching my goal. And so it becomes tough in life to try to navigate um, shedding people off in the right way to do it. And it's not always even the right thing to do because then sometimes there are people that you will help, that will gravitate to you, and they might not know the answers, right? They they grew up just like you. They may not have the ambition, but then you might have to mentor them to get them on board if they have that desire. And then sometimes it's just family, bro. Like at the end of the day, Thanksgiving coming up, like, bro, you're going to go to the Thanksgiving dinner at your cousin crib, even though he live on y'all street and you from wall street. And the reality is you successful, but you might go in that environment. They like, ah, dog, you forgot where you came from. This, and that's life. That's how it works. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to figure out how do I navigate people? How do I shed off people or keep people at bay 
or create boundaries with people in order to reach my goals and not allow people to make me feel guilty for having goals. Because one of the things that happens when you become successful is that certain people who are more comfortable in their laziness, in their lack of success, they will try to make you feel like you are wrong or you forgot where you came from because you want something greater. It's like, no, nah, bro, I want something greater because I know where I came from. And I know that God gave me an opportunity to be alive and to go after more, so I'm going to do that. Like, I'm not going to sit around and do nothing and just stay where I'm at to make other people happy. You feel what I'm saying? So, shedding toxic people, ah, that's a challenging one. Let's keep it moving, though. All right, what's next? We're looking at seven uh, challenges that will help you be more successful. Ooh, this kind of goes right into it. Number four is what other people think. When your sense of pleasure and satisfaction are derived from comparing yourself to others, you are no longer the master of your own destiny. While it's impossible to turn off your reactions to what others think of you, you don't have to hold up your accomplishments. Accomplishments, I can talk to anyone else's. And, yet, and you can always take people's opinion with a grain of salt. That way, no matter what other people are thinking or doing, your self-worth comes from within. Successful people know that caring about what other people think is a waste of time and energy. When successful people feel good about something that they've done, they don't let anyone's opinions take that away from them. No matter what other people think of you at any particular moment, one thing is certain. You're never as good or bad as they say you are. Man, I really think this is important, y'all. Trying to navigate what other people think. If you want to be successful, it's just a part of it. And I love that last line. And it's the fact that you ain't never really as good or as bad as everybody think you are. That's with me, you, and everybody else. You don't know everything about me. I don't know everything about you. It's some things that I've, that I've done that's worse than you could ever imagine. It's some things that I've done that are better than you can ever imagine. And the whole idea in life, this is why I don't like fame. I don't chase fame. I don't want celebrity. It's because it's this illusion and maybe delusion that these people are different than you are. It's not the case. We're all human. And in a lot of cases, shoot, people get successful. Uh, let, me, let me use an example. Let's say, all right, you, let me, I'm, I'm the broke person. I'm, I'm unsuccessful and I got an alcohol problem, right? So I'm broke, but I'm always drunk. And I don't got money, but I find money to drink. I mean, we see people on the streets all the time. God bless them. This is no shade of people on the streets. But you see people addicted to drugs and things. And that addiction drove them there, right? Cool. Like, well, you got people as well, like in Hollywood, who have addictions. And to think that the person in Hollywood is better than the alcoholic on the street, it's just, it's not wise, right? Because the person in Hollywood could actually could be worse because they have more accessibility to more drugs, more drinks, more crazy things. I mean, they might have access to a drug that turns them into a panther. You get what I'm saying? And so my point is really no, doesn't matter if you're broke with a problem, if you're rich with a problem, we all have problems. Now, I think part of what's happened in the world over the past few years, that there's, there's so much pointing at each other where everybody wants to create the idea that the other person is worse than them, that we're forgetting to look in the mirror. You feel what I'm saying? And so... The reality of it for me is like, yo, 
I can't really base my life around what people think. And I don't want to create a lifestyle that is based on the validation of what people think and validation from others. Because what happens, I think it's a cycle. Now, let me say this too. I think to some extent, most of us, if not all of us, struggle with this in one way or another. You get what I'm saying? I struggle with that at times in certain ways. Like there are going to be times that you are thinking about, well, what are people going to think? So it's not that you may not struggle with it. It's not that it may not be a challenge. That's why these are seven challenges. It's just that this is something that you need to try to overcome, fam. This is something that you can't give in to and allow yourself to fall into the trap of being a slave to other people's thoughts. The reality of it is, no matter what you think of me, if I'm broke, I'm broke. No matter what you think of me, if I got money, I got money. So it's like other people's thoughts don't change your reality. And I think that's where we get misconstrued in this era, era of social media and oversharing. We think like, yo, if I can post enough stuff to make these people think I have money, then it's kind of like I have money. But you don't. You feel what I'm saying? Your reality is your reality, good or bad. We all have good and bad in that reality. It has nothing to do with what people think. And the last part about this is that you should not allow other people in their thoughts to stop you from growing. And this is something that I've seen in life just in general. I'll give you an example. Growing up in high school, fam, I was the class clown. It's some people that follow me on social media right now. It's like the me that they remember, they probably look at me like, they probably like, yo, like, where is he at in there? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, where is he at in there? Because I was a class clown and in high school, let me tell you something. It was probably more important in my mind to be the class clown and make people laugh than to do my homework or anything else. Now, I was naturally smart, so I was able in like uh, 11th grade, as an example, to pull out a 3.6 average that entire year. And you know why I did that? Because in 10th grade, I probably had a 2.2, 2.4. And the counselor told me, well, the most important year for getting accepted in college is 11th grade. They all look at 11th grade. By 12th grade, you're already in, uh, accepted in colleges, so you'll be good. I was like, oh, for real? Cool. 11th grade, I'll try. I tried. I did well. Got accepted to all the colleges I applied to. Not that I applied to any Ivy Leagues or anything. I knew my limits, but I was able to accomplish that. But my point is, if a person knew me from then and they seeing me now and I'm thinking about trying to live up to them, like, I'm not trying to, like, be what somebody expected me to be. Like, yeah, I was the class clown. Now I'm a corporate businessman and I have a podcast on faith and business and this is who I am, regardless of what you think or what you thought. And I still got jokes like go to my Facebook page. I'm still going to sprinkle a little something in there, fam. It's just that I'm not standing up in the middle of my job at a meeting the way I did in class. Like, hey, yo, why did the chicken cross the road, fam? It's like, no, you're in a meeting. We're discussing $50 million dollars of a partnership right now, there's no time to find out why the chicken crossed the road. All right, let's keep it moving, fam. Let's go to the next one. All right, what we got? What we got? These seven challenges that will make you more successful. Ooh, fear. Number five, y'all. Fear. Fear is nothing more than a lingering emotion that's fueled by your imagination. Danger is real. It's the uncomfortable rush of adrenaline you get when you almost step in front of a bus. Fear is a choice. Successful people know this better than anyone does, so they flip fear on its head. They are addicted to the euphoric feeling that they get from conquering their fears. Don't ever hold back in life just because you feel scared. Woo! 
Man, I like that. Don't ever hold back in life just because you feel scared. Don't ever hold back in life just because you feel scared. The reality of it is the most successful people in the world feel the same fear you feel. But it's the choice to accept it and allow it to cripple you that's holding you back. And it was their choice to overcome that fear that is allowing them to go to the next level. The thing that's crazy about fear to me is most times it's made up. It's something that you made up in your mind as an imaginary reason that you shouldn't do what God called you to do. And that thing is holding you back from living a life of abundance, a life of freedom. You know what I'm saying? A life of goodness. Like th this is what you're, the reason we talking about godly success and there is a godly success. Don't make me go to the Bible on this. I will go to the Bible. You do realize that these concepts like that we talk about on this show is founded in scripture. I ain't saying I'm 100% accurate in every opinion that I've ever had. It's just real. Now, that ain't what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, generally speaking, the foundation of the things we talk about in this show, don't let the words turn you off. Success, money, greatness, you know, inspiration. People hear those things and they get scared. But I'm talking about them in a biblically founded fashion in a way that I believe is in alignment with the word of God in its proper context, meaning that I'm not bending the rules to make these things acceptable, right? That I'm reading the word in its proper context, and this is what I'm coming up with. You feel me? All right, let's keep it moving. What's the next thing? We talked about fear. Um, that really is self-explanatory. Stop being scared. Uh, ooh, the past or the future, number six. Like fear, the past and the future are products of your mind. No amount of guilt can change the past and no amount of anxiety can change the future. Successful people know this and they focus on living in the present moment. It's impossible to reach your full potential if you're constantly somewhere else, unable to fully embrace the reality, good or bad, of this very moment. To live in the moment, you must do two things. Accept your past, number one. If you don't make peace with your past, it will never leave you and it will create your future. Successful people know the only good time to look at the past is to see how far you've come. Two, let's get this ad out of here. Accept the uncertainty of the future and don't place unnecessary expectations upon yourself. Worry has no place in the here and now. As Mark Twain once said, worrying is like paying a debt you don't owe. Woo. All right. The past and the future is holding a lot of people back. All right, let's think about that. The past, right? I'll use myself. Let's say how I just said about being a class clown. All right, let's be real. Like a class clown isn't like some academic achievement, right? There's a lot of good and bad that comes with that. Now, first of all, for me in high school, um, in particular, when I really was just a clown, um, and that was because I stopped playing sports. See, before that, I was like a basketball player and a clown. And the basketball player weighs it out. And you like, you know, you get the credentials of a basketball player. But when you just a class clown, it's like, okay, cool. Everybody likes you. So I never really had no problems in high school with people to my face not liking me. I mean, later on, I might find out like people said stuff about me. Was, you know, I started having a girlfriend in high school and you know, it was like, you know, once you get a girlfriend, people got to hate and like weird stuff like that. But before that, nobody ever really, you know, said none to me. Number one, 
I think a lot of people were scared that I was going to say something. See, you know, your words are weapons. And I was aware of that in high school. Now, I wasn't the class clown that talked about people, though. I made people laugh. I found joy in making you laugh. But I had a skill set, <laughs> if and when needed, to embarrass you. Now, again, if I think about my past, well, what does that mean? Like, all right, people thought of me as a clown. Now, let's be real. A clown, okay, you can have Kevin Hart as a clown, a comedian. If I wanted to be a comedian and you was looking at me like a clown, that might be a great thing because comedians can make millions of dollars or Steve Harvey be on TV and game shows or whatever. But the reality is I didn't make it in any of those areas. So if I was focused on my past and what somebody think about my past, they might not understand my capabilities. They just looking like, oh, my man, a clown. I, like All I remember from him is he's a class clown. It's like, all right, cool. Well, yeah, you haven't been around for a long time, bro. I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. You feel me? And so um, that's the past. That's an example of I'm just throwing out that like you can't let the past and what other people think about you based on your past, based on a particular moment in time that they knew you in life. In their mind, time froze and you're still that person. But let's say if 15 years went by. Well, in 15 years, you lived life. And you had a lot of opportunity to not be a clown. The reality of it is, like, I still got a little bit of jokes. You know, I, I can get in my zone, especially around family. Please believe me. Like, I, it's still in me. But I ain't even as funny as I used to be. You feel me? Because back then, it was important to be funny. Like, now it's like, bro, like, I don't care about making you laugh. Like, <laughs> that's your problem, fam. I'm silly just because I'm silly now. And so my whole purpose for even wanting to laugh is different. Whereas in high school, I was trying to make people laugh. And now it's like, yo, if you laugh, like, cool, but like, you don't own me. Like, I ain't got to make you laugh, fam. I'm trying to get this success over here. Now, let's think about the future. A lot of us get anxiety from the future because it's the, the fear of the unknown, right? And I call it the hope of the unknown when I think about the future. So it's just a mindset change to say, when I think about the future, I'm going to think about it in the sense of hope versus anxiety. I've replaced anxiety with hope because I think of the future and I'd be like, ooh, that uncertainty, like that means, yo, it's some good stuff that like, like I don't even know some good stuff that's going to happen, right? Whereas like, like let's say if you take, say if you take an investment, right? I remember, um, so I'm going to give a real example. We bought our first house, you know, what, 10 years ago. Bought my first house 10 years ago, me and my wife, and it's like, I had all these ideas about like, all right, I'm going to buy this property, and I bought this property on the border of two cities, right? And the city that I technically lived in was a lesser city than the city across the street. So this is an example. I went and I scoured and looked, and I'm like, okay, we live at the borderline. The houses, same square footage, comparable houses across the street. Across this road cost sixty-five dollars to $70,000 more than a house right here because I'm in a lesser city. But my thought process and my strategy, right, unknown though, keep in mind, I don't know what's going to happen. But my thought process and my strategy was, well, I'm willing to bet because this is a new home, it's a new build, that it's going to be a lot of people that's trying to get close to this good city on the border of the, I'm not going to call it bad city, but just lesser city as far as amenities, resources, money, all those things, school, all that. 
So I'm like, I'm gonna live at the border and I'm willing to bet that in a couple years, my guess was five years and five years, I would be able to make X amount of money because my home value would go up and people would be targeting this area because you had the grocery stores and the rec centers and all the amenities of the better neighborhood without the price. Well, guess what? It was uncertain. I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to happen, but I didn't let the uncertainty stop me. I you, Sometimes in life, to be successful, you have to take risks. You have to take educated risks, but you have to like, you got to make a call. That's business. Like if you want to be a business person and walk around timid, like you're not going to be successful. Sometimes you got to call a shot like, yo, this is what I'm doing. And when you've done the research and you're educated, I'm not saying do this be and be ignorant and you ain't researched and studied none. I read a lot of books. I did a lot of research and I, I called my shot. And what I thought was going to take five years happened in three years. That's the uncertainty, the hope of the unknown. And so I embraced the unknown, called a shot, made an investment, and it paid off in three years. And I was able to sell that house. Me and my wife sold it and moved on from there and did it again. And and, and this is what happened. So my, my point is that that uncertainty is a, is a tool. It's an asset. If you use it properly, that uncertainty is like, because if it was certain, I would have, it would have took me five years, but because it was uncertain and you make the right type of decision, sometimes success comes sooner. It could have came in six years though. I had a, I'll say this and move on from this. I had a strategy with this home where it was like, all right, my goal is to live here five years, right? That was my goal. But I'm only going to buy a house that I'm good with living in for 15 years. I said, I uttered these words back then, 10 years ago. I was like, we're going to buy a house and plan to live here five years, but it has to be a house that's good enough to live in for 15 years because of the uncertainty. You see, you can plan for that uncertainty. And all of this is easy for me to say because it already happened. So I could talk about this story and sound like a superhero. But the reality is while it was happening, I was telling my wife, I was trying to make sure she knew like, I don't know if that like we might be here 15 years. You got to know that. Now, lo and behold, she didn't want to sell it when I was trying to sell it because she liked the house. You get what I'm saying? So anyway, that uncertainty could be an asset for your life. Let's move on to the next thing. Last one. We are looking at the seven challenges that will make you successful. Woo, this is maybe my favorite one. The state of the world. Keep your eyes on the news for any length of time and you'll see it's just one endless cycle of war, violent attacks, fragile economies, failing companies, and environmental disasters. It's easy to think the world is headed downhill fast. I want you to think about something. This article was written in 2017, in February 2017. So it's almost seven years ago in a couple months. And it literally says that, like, if you look at the news, it just seems like an endless cycle of war, attacks, fragile economy. Like, we've been through all this in the last three or four years, and this was written in 2017, so nothing has changed. The state of the world. Let's see what it says. And who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe the world is going downhill. But successful people don't worry about that because they don't get caught up in things they can't control. Instead, they focus their energy on directing the two things that are completely within their power, their attention and their effort. They focus their attention on all the things they're grateful for, and they, will, and they look for the good that's happening around the world. 
They focus their effort on doing what they can what they can every single day to improve their own lives and the world around them because these small steps are all it takes to make a, the world a better place. They focus their attention on all the things they're grateful for. Woo! All right. The state of the world. Now, as you see, the state of the world is going to be a challenge to your success. Why? The article said it, bro. Some people watch the news. I've said this on this show a million times. I can't be responsible for everything happening in the world. I'm here. I'm where I'm at. I'm not God. Like, it's, it's just unnecessary and impossible for me to watch every news story get triggered, protest for every single thing in the world, be mad at everybody in the world that's different than me. It's like, I don't have the time, effort, or energy to do it. But I do want to make the world better by living in the world, by being a contributing citizen to society and to the country, right? To being a, having a positive impact on my world economy in the world that I'm in. I think the problem with a lot of us and the reason we're unsuccessful is because we sit up, watch the news all day, scroll social media all day, look at everything that's happening in the world, make it our own personal problem, become more triggered about what's happening in the world than what's happening in our own homes. Some of us are mad about and protesting about wars in other countries, and there's a war in your children's bedroom that you haven't even addressed. And so it's like there are things that are happening under your own roof. Your roof, your house is your country. And there are some people whose country has economic problems, like the, the GDP is low, uh, the, the kids' grades is messed up, the education system in your house ain't right, the Department of Transportation in your house ain't right. Your home has a whole economy with your family and your children, and some of us ain't even addressing that. But you out marching for something that's happening uh, halfway across the world as if it's your own. And I'm not like here to say don't march or don't do things. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's a priority that has to happen. And I think successful people understand this priority of like it starts with my life. It starts with my ability to live my life. Because even when you think about from a biblical perspective, right? The Bible says, Jesus said in Luke, pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. That's things you have to control for you. It don't say like pick up everybody cross, deny everybody, and then make everybody follow me. No, first you have to follow Christ. First you have to be on a path, right? You have to look within yourself. You have to repent. There's so much that you have to do before you worry about everyone else. And the problem is some of us have skipped the you step and we have went to the they step and we spend in our whole life worrying about what everybody else is doing right, wrong, or indifferent. And we haven't even addressed our own household. There's a war in your kitchen. Your dishes is dirty. You feel what I'm saying? There's a war in your living room. The, the feathers from the pillows is all over the place. You ain't even cleaned them up. You get what I'm saying? There's a war in your kids' room. They playing video games and ain't did their homework. Some of us have become so consumed with the outside world that we can't even be successful if we wanted to in our own lives. So look, today was all about really laying out how success ain't easy. Here's the last thing I'll say about it. At the end of the day, success really ain't easy, fam. And so if you thought that you was going to get successful and then life was just going to be easy, or if you thought that getting to success was going to be easy, neither one of those things ain't true. Because the reality of it is, once you become successful, then there's a heightened responsibility. And I could tell you from experience, when you become responsible for more, your whole life has to adjust 
because you're carrying or you're responsible, you're in leadership for something, and you're like, oh, all right, I ain't never led this before. Let me let me give you an illustration off the top of my head. Let's say I started out on a surfboard. Typically on a surfboard, it's just one person, right? It's just me out here on a surfboard. And let's say from there I get a kayak or a canoe. It's like, oh man, I'm responsible for a canoe now. Now it's me and another person or a kayak. Now it's me and another person. Then let's say from there I get a speedboat. I get promoted to like captain of the speedboat. And I'm like, whoa, wow, five people could fit on here. That's a little more than a canoe or a surfboard. And so now I'm not just responsible for my safety, but now I'm responsible for the safety and getting these other people from point A to point B. Let's say from there, you know, I get a, a, what is it? A catamaran? Is that what it's called? Now it's eight of us on the catamaran. And then maybe we go to a yacht. And now me, little old me, who used to only be responsible for being on a surfboard, has found myself to be the captain of a yacht. And now on this yacht, now think about the things that are happening on a yacht that ain't happening on a surfboard. On a yacht, people dancing, it's people cooking and eating, it's waitresses. It's like, whoa, it might be a whole live band playing on a yacht. It's like, I came from managing surfboards. My life is so different. And then let's say I go from a yacht to now I'm the captain of a cruise ship. There's 5,000 people on here. There's shows and music and dancing and pools. And there's so much more on a cruise ship than there is on a surfboard, even though we in the same water. And so what happens with a lot of us is we don't realize maybe that climb to being a captain of a, a cruise ship, yeah, you're going to make more money. Maybe it has more amenities and more luxury, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility. It's not easy being responsible for 6,000 people versus one, right? It's not easy turning that cruise ship around versus turning your surfboard around. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot more that has to be considered. It's not easy... Um, like loading the cruise ship or uh, embarking or de-embarking, whatever, like getting on and off, right? So my point is that's a representation of how I view success. There's these climbs and these levels that you're trying to get to at different stages. And at every level that you get to, like, yeah, like maybe you could go a lot faster in a speedboat than you could on a surfboard. And maybe, you know, you can go a lot further on a yacht than you could on a canoe but the reality of it is with all of those blessings and those amenities and resources and the further distance and the longer distance, whatever it may be, it also comes a lot more responsibility. Success ain't easy, but a lot of people don't talk about it like that. And so we talk about success and we think like, oh man, he got this amount of money. Oh, she got this. Oh yeah, she cool. She come from this kind of family. She good fam. Like, nah, bro, you not there. You don't know. You've been riding a surfboard your whole life. Challenge yourself and get on a canoe and see how much harder it is. Challenge, challenge yourself and, and, and you know get on a yacht and be the captain of a yacht and see how much more challenging it is versus looking at the captain of the yacht and being like, oh, your life is so good. You lucky because you got a yacht. It's like a yacht represents something I'm responsible for. You know, you don't clean your surfboard. I clean my yacht. You get what I'm saying? And so that's how I view success. It's not easy. But we got to keep going, keep striving, keep growing. Look, man, at the end of the day, it's a blessing to be where we are. And look, I hope you enjoyed this show. 
I hope that you like, share, comment, all that stuff. Subscribe on YouTube, man, to inspire God's people. Look, we reached over a thousand uh, subscribers in the last week or two, and I'm excited to keep growing from here, right? This is the path to 1,500, right? We're going to 1,500 subscribers, and you're going to help us get there by telling somebody about the show. Um, look, I'm, I'm just going to be real with y'all. I'm continuing to try to build this show as my life, as I go from you know, the surfboard to the kayak and the canoe and all. As I grow in my life, I'm trying to continue to grow this show um, and figure out what that looks like. I don't have all the answers, though. I'm just being 100% real with you. Like, I don't have all the answers about how to continue to properly navigate as I get busier in other areas of my life, as I get busier in business, as I take on more leadership responsibilities, and I have to prioritize certain things. But I think what that does mean is that the quality and the substance of this content will continue to get richer. That's something I believe in. That's something I know is because at the end of the day, we giving y'all grade A content. It may not be the gossip. It ain't going to go viral because we ain't talking about all the juicy stuff, but we talking about the stuff that will guide you to your purpose and literally change your life. You can stamp that. I literally believe that if you apply the things on this podcast to your life, that it will be changed. Thank you so much for watching. Y'all have an amazing, amazing, amazing day. Look, man.